Hello, and welcome to Customer Experience Leaders Chat by Nice Reply, where we talk to support professionals from all over the world and discuss what's behind their team's success. This interview is brought to you by Nice Reply, an all-in-one customer satisfaction tool that helps you measure and improve the quality of your customer service. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on a future episode, please reach out to us at podcast at nicereply.com. My name is Craig Stoss, and I'm here today with Matt Patterson, a customer service educator at Help Scout. Matt, welcome to the program. Hello, thank you. Matt, we have worked together before on, on some writing projects, and uh, I know that you are an expert in blog posts and knowledge base and everything to do with documentation in a support context. So I think today I'd love to dive in to that topic with you. Why don't we start with why does writing matter within a support team? Yeah, why why does writing matter? I mean, <laughs> I've been recently looking at um, the world's oldest complaint, and if you remember that one, it's a, that ancient Babylonian tablet cuneiform writing uh, from you know three thousand seven hundred years ago, uh, and yeah, and it's a complaint letter about you know a bad customer experience, <laughs> which <laughs> which I love, uh, but that. You know, that's a, a very early form of writing, pre our kind of alphabet. Uh, and that's what they were doing then, is using it to transmit information. I think this is why writing matters in, in customer service in particular is because it's, it's about communicating information between two people uh, who aren't necessarily face-to-face. And customer service is all that, that is the job of customer service, right? Is to, someone comes to you with a problem and you have an answer that they may not necessarily understand. Often your job is really, the answer is already there and you're just trying to explain that existing information in a way that makes sense to them. And and this is why writing really matters because the more clearly you can write, the the more quickly you can answer them in a way that makes sense to them, it's more effective. Um, And it's also how you know that you actually understand something is when you can not only read it and convince yourself you understand it, but then try and communicate it to somebody else. Uh, that is a super useful life skill. It's interesting you, you said about conveying information and especially in the software context, regardless of, of maybe industry in most cases, you know, support's not the person that's creating this software. They're not, they're not writing it. They're not, they're not designing the features like the product managers would, would do. Why is it important that support has that direct voice inside the content? Yeah, I think because someone's going to write that, right? And often it is the product designers or the engineers who create it. And I would say very often in support, you realize the downfalls of having people writing the content who aren't necessarily familiar with how customers are thinking about things. Because the way an engineer thinks about a product or the way a designer thinks about the product is just necessarily different than the way a customer who is on the other end of it is thinking about it. And the customer service people, the support teams are the ones who are most exposed to the customer's perspective of what does this product do and what is it for and how does it work and how does it solve my problem? So the more you can get some of that perspective from customers into a company and into the product teams, the better results you're going to get out. And the customer service team are really the best people to do that for you. And writing is very often the most efficient channel for capturing that information and for transmitting it to someone else. So customer service people are also, of course, practicing writing all day. Um, And they're the ones who try out 20 different ways of explaining the same thing and figuring out which one works so that you don't have to keep going through that over and over again. So 
they're in a great position. They've had lots of practice at doing it. And there's a lot of people who are in customer service roles who are great writers uh, because that's something they enjoy doing. And that's kind of what led them into doing customer service uh, in the first place. So huge opportunities there, I think, to get a lot more value from your support team. I never thought of it that way. I never, I never thought of the, the idea that, you know, we, we as support individuals write all day long, you know, it may not be the formal prose that you read in a blog entry or in a newspaper, but you, you know, we do, we do often write. And so transmitting that into a way that, that uh, can be reusable, like a, like a knowledge base article, for example, uh, probably isn't that big of a step. It is a very, it's a very different type of writing, certainly, but it's also, it's like the most A-B tested of the, of the writing that you do. Like we talk about A-B testing and marketing and, and sales a lot, but that's what support is too. It is like, here is the same answer that I've probably given 50 times before, but this is a different person who's going to read it now. I'm going to try a different way of explaining the same thing to them. And you find out, did my writing do the job of conveying that information in a way that makes sense to this person? you get that immediate feedback that you don't get necessarily in a lot of other jobs, especially in product design, where you're actually, you might not find out for six months, did that thing that I developed actually work? Uh, so it's a really good way to build up your skills in writing too. If you're in support and you're interested in being a better writer, you can run those experiments yourself all day, every day, because it's part of your job. That's an interesting piece that I think is worth touching on. It's part of your job. The main job is to solve problems, open ticket, close ticket as in most support uh, support environments. So how do you staff or schedule a team to take on these writing tasks if, you know, if it's so important that they be part of that process? Yeah, very challenging, right? And, and it's always, always comes down to how much time and resources do you have available? But Anyone who's been in a, in a support team that has grown, you know the pain of, oh, we should have documented this earlier because at first it makes sense, I'll just answer this person right now and I'll do nothing else other than move to the next conversation. Uh, but as you grow and you start doing that over and over again, you realize, this makes no sense. I should just find somewhere else to document it. And you start a knowledge base. Uh, and that becomes challenging because you only have so much time. There is never an end to the queue usually. So it, there's never necessarily a very obvious way or obvious, obvious time in which to do that. So you're going to have to make that time. Uh, you'll have to figure it out. Uh, it can be a useful anti-burnout tool as well to take people out of the direct queue and say, look, just answering conversations all day, eventually it gets exhausting and your quality of work will drop. And so you can kind of get a double win out of taking someone out of there and saying, now your job is to document this for half a day, say. You might need a reasonable period of time, at least I do, for switching into writing for a knowledge-based mode or writing a blog post. It's really hard to do in little tiny snippets in the same way you can do customer service. Um, so you're going to have to find, can we get four hours, say, for this person in a week in which they can do some of that um, create that time. We use that time as like a decompression from the queue. Maybe you rotate people through in other roles too. Maybe you have people rotating into chat support or doing some social media support. And if you just find a way to put writing in as one of those other things that people can do, especially the people who are interested in it, because not everybody is going to be, they might like talking to customers one-on-one, -on -one, but find it more stressful to try and communicate something broadly. So, identify the people who are interested in doing it, find a way to, to lock some time in for them and then protect that time, right? Make that part of their job description maybe or part of the broader team job description um, 
and try and find someone who can own some of those areas of writing. The knowledge base is the obvious one. A lot of companies, that's where this, the bulk of the support writing is done in a knowledge base, but it could also be blogs, could also be making uh, small videos or explanations, lots of different areas. You just mentioned a couple of different examples of places where support can contribute to writing. There are tons of places that you see support involvement from from writing the in product, you know, pop up messages, you know, even involved in Twitter support and, and social media handling. What genres of writing do you feel are the most impactful? For support people, you have an innate sense of where are customers getting stuck? and which parts of the writing could we change to, to do that. So obviously in support, the, the individual answers that you're writing to customers, that's where you're going to do the bulk of your writing as a support person. And then you think, well, this should be documented and the knowledge base or the, even the saved replies that you use in your help desk, those are obvious places as well where, well, I can write this once and many people can benefit from it. But there are lots of other places where the writing is contributing to customer experience problems or to improving the customer experience. Uh, you just mentioned, you know, some of the copy that's in the product. I know I remember at uh, Campaign Monitor back in the day trying to explain how the email credit system worked. And it was this, it was sort of like a tax scale where, you know, the first 50,000 credits cost this much. And then the, beyond that, the next 50,000 credits cost this different amount. And people had an incredible amount of problems trying to understand how much it would cost if they wanted to buy a certain number of credits uh, and when they could get the discount. And it, that's just an area where having a support person come in and say, look, I have tried to explain this 40 different ways to people. And the only one that works is this particular way. And please put that on the website. Uh, and it was such a win for us in those days when we got it done and all those questions suddenly disappeared because now people could read the page and go, oh, I get it. I don't have to write in. I've got a better customer experience. The support team is much happier because they're not dealing with that problem anymore. Uh, so good. So there's another place like in the product uh, explanations, even copy on buttons or copy around buttons. I'm sure every support person knows that, any, especially if you're in the SaaS world, people misunderstanding when they're going to get charged or how much they're going to get charged or when it will recur, all of that stuff lots and lots of places where it would be so good to have more support people contributing uh, pieces of writing that are phrased in a way that they know makes sense to the customers who are experiencing it. This is a large task and the scope of what you've just described is, is more significant than, than I've ever been involved in, in in a support context. Specifically at HelpScout, how, how do you involve customer service folks in, in all of this types of documentation? Yeah, so it, it helps out. So I'm not in the customer service side of things, right? But we have a team there who uh, do a great job with direct customer service, uh, but they're also responsible for the knowledge base. And so they've gone through, I know, a lot of different methodologies for how do we keep that knowledge base up to date in, in, so that, you know, support team can use it, so that the customers will benefit from it. Uh, and so it will be well-maintained. And so currently how it works is if you're in uh, the customer's team that we call them, and you, you see something that you think uh, this knowledge base article is you know, wrong now, or it's, it could be worded more clearly, or there's, an ex there's a gap there, there's, we don't have documentation. Uh, there is a, they use monday.com, a project management app, 
uh, and you, they can pop in there and see like, here's all the stuff that we're going to already know that we're going to work on in the knowledge base. And it's owned by one particular person, Melanie on our customers team. So she's in charge of that. Uh, she has that overview, like here's all the things I already know need to be fixed and I'm going to fix. And you can have a look there. If it's already in there, great. You could leave a comment, you know, maybe push it up the priority list a little bit. If it's not, then there's a Google Docs form, very simple form, very fast for, for someone to use and just go, here's what I think needs to be fixed. Maybe throw in that uh, link to that conversation so that uh, Melanie can get the context of it. So when she comes around to do that documentation, it's all there. So that's what that's how Help Scout does it. And then Melanie just works through as she has time. And that's part of her role. Part of the description of her role is to work on those things. And so she has significant amounts of time dedicated to it. Uh, I know I've talked to the YNAB, uh, you need a budget people. And they had a, a similar sort of process where they tried to capture everything that could possibly be a piece of knowledge base information uh, and just really simplify it. So I think just identifying uh, what is the simplest path to get from, I have an idea for something that should be written down to making it written down. That is the key, whatever that means in your particular company, that's how you should do it. Yeah, having a project management interface is, is a fantastic way to keep track of these, these things. Where do all these ideas come from? How do you choose what goes into this money.com? Is it, is it strictly from tickets and ideas that, that are brought to you from your customers or are there other avenues that you gain uh, your topics for all of this content? Certainly in my past experiences and from people I've talked to, I think you can identify a lot of different areas for where could some piece of writing help with our customer experience here or help with reducing the incoming support volumes. Um, so the obvious one that you just mentioned, yes, a lot of incoming customer questions. Obviously, it's very direct because they're asking a question, which means they couldn't find the answer or they didn't, you know, the answer was not accessible to them in some way. So, yep, capture those. Maybe you use a tag to make it easy for someone else to go back and find like what needs to be documented. Maybe use a form like HelpScout does, Campaign Monitor does something similar in my past job. Um, but you've also got other places where those gaps can be noticed, those gaps in uh, existing documentation or, or written work. Uh, the knowledge base is one. If you're, if you're using a help desk or a knowledge base that has a search log, we'll show you like, what did people type into that box? What were they looking for? Uh, that's a pretty good way to identify missing information or often information that is there, but is, it needs to be rewritten in a way that it matches what people are actually searching for. Um, support team, Often, if you, especially if you're on the product side of things and you're trying to figure out what do we need to write ahead of time, or if you're a technical writer trying to figure out how do I document this before it's been released, uh, the support team probably is pretty good at predicting what questions are likely to come up based on their past experience with you know, other features. It's nothing more frustrating for a support person than knowing that that is going to be a problem and it's not documented. And then, yes, it is a problem. And so you have to go through the whole thing in a rush at the end. Uh, but there are other areas where you may also see people experiencing confusion or misunderstanding things. So a lot of times in uh, review websites, like your G2 crowd, that sort of thing, if you go through those, you'll see people discussing your product in a way that makes it clear that they aren't really understanding the way you intended them to understand. That's a pretty, pretty obvious one. And that means writing might need to be done on the marketing website there or the sales copy which may or may not be something you can contribute to uh, from the support side. Uh, community forums, that's another place where people will talk to each other about your products and services. 
which is an excellent way to get how people really understand it. Uh, because again, they're trying to explain it to somebody else. That's when you'll know, oh, we did not make that clear at all. Uh, and even your competitors and the way your competitors describe products which are similar to yours, that may give you some information about what your potential customers are expecting to see on your website or in your apps. So tons of different places where you can identify potential content there. Um, you just need some way to capture that, put it into a system where someone could actually go and fill the gap in some way. I said this earlier, this, the scope of all of this is, is massive. I mean, what you just described involves looking at different websites and having people monitor and, 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 and see what is being said about your, your products and, and then taking that and actually turning it into something that can then be written to improve that. Um, yeah, lot, lots going on there. So, so maybe let's finish on uh, what are the top tips to kick off projects of this nature with a support team? Yeah, you're right. That is, it's an enormous amount of work. And I think most companies, you won't do all of those things, or at least not all at one time. And it may not be the support people directly doing it. But I want to mention a lot of them, I think, because there's a lot of opportunities for support people to progress into those sorts of roles. I mean, certainly that's what I did uh, to a degree. But how do you start? Well, if it's, let's say you're, if you're in support and you're in a position where you can make some of these changes, this is what I would suggest is first find the people who care the most about writing. Because as I said, not everybody is interested in doing that because it is a different skill set than directly helping a customer because you can, you can work with an individual customer and adapt your language to them. That's great. Writing to a crowd where you don't know who it is specifically that's going to read it and you don't have the context of them, it's a different skill. So some people are going to really enjoy that. You want to find them, identify them, make them the champions for the writing because they're the ones who will care the most about it. They're the ones who are going to be willing to put in that work. Uh, give them some ownership then because that sense of ownership and authority over like I can control this knowledge base will, again, it will just give them some motivation to actually to do it and to build some systems and processes in place. Uh, they may also work on the saved replies, other areas like that, which are fully under the control of support usually. And you don't have to worry about getting your marketing team involved or talking to other parts of the business. Uh, so start there and then make sure that they actually have the resources to do it. So uh, I've certainly been in situations where everyone knew that it needed to be done, but there was no, there was no time to do it. We didn't have enough support people just to answer the customers we already had. And so the last thing we wanted to be doing was creating extra work. Uh, but if you're in a position where you can have people doing that or you know that it is necessary, then you've got to find a way to protect that time and make sure people are taking it. Otherwise, it just, it just won't happen. You want to know, okay, well, what do we sound like when we're in a knowledge base or when we're in a blog post? What does this company sound like? Uh, the voice and tone, that may be something that exists already. The, maybe the marketing side of the company has already done this work and you can adapt that to a more customer service element. Uh, it may be something that comes out of your support team's uh, existing voice and tone that they use talking direct, directly to customers. But you just want to be thoughtful about it because it doesn't always necessarily translate completely. Um, make sure that people understand how they can contribute. If they don't want to be the person who owns the knowledge base, but they are interested in improving it, what's the process? Where should they go? Like we talked about Help Scouts model there. There are lots of different ways that you could involve support people contributing ideas or contributing even like here's an answer I wrote for one customer, but you could turn that into something 
for lots of people with some adaptation, but some way that I can pass that information on to you so it gets done. Uh, so reducing the friction in doing that, reducing the fear, like that they're not going to be the one who has to write the whole thing. Um, and then once you've got that sort of basis in, in place, then you can start thinking about, well, are there other areas where we could contribute our insights and our particular methods of, of written communication into the rest of the company in blog posts? Very often, if you've got a corporate blog, whoever is running that will be desperate for people to contribute to it because uh, they're trying to fill that blog. They, they want different perspectives. They want to promote people from inside the company. So they would probably love to have ideas from support. Um, so look, you know, make friends with that person. Also other blog posts, uh, others, other sites with blogs, lots of people looking for content. I know uh, a lot of them have external guest authors. So there's lots of opportunities as a support person to use your writing skills. Uh, if you want to, that's something I did before I left my last job. And I'm sure that's something you do too, Craig, I know. Um, and if that's if the, that's something you're interested in, there are lots of communities to help you develop in those areas too, especially something like Write the Docs, which is like sort of a mix between customer service and uh, blog post writing. So tons of opportunities, uh, lots of different ways to kick it off. Matt, I, I love the entire picture that you, you just drew here. Uh, it, the scope, again, I've said this already, but the, just so much broader than, than I've ever considered it. And I think you're right. I think supports unique voice and unique ability to see what works, to talk to the customers daily, to see how they understand the product uh, or services you provide, uh, just adds to the the value in the in the written word that you're then using to, to both help those customers, but also promote your products and make sure people have the right guidance along the way. Uh, Matt, thanks for sharing your insights with us today. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you all for listening to Customer Experience Leaders Chat by Nice Reply with today's guest, Matt Patterson from HealthScout. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please leave a rating or share it with others. And always make sure to check out our other support interviews and more quality content at NiceReply.com. NiceReply.com.